Hello, James. Hello, Jack. James, I have good news for you. Oh, really? Oh, yes. It's very good news. In fact, some of the best news that we've had at Just Hands in a while. We have new listener hands. And that Amazing. is exciting. Yeah. Yeah. People are back, back at the tables, back on the felt, playing hands, getting into spots, and sending them to us to talk about on the show. The natural way of things. I'm glad that it's been, I think, two months, or we had a two-month period since our last submission, which is by far the longest we've gone. And so glad, glad the listeners are playing again and glad that people are, are still writing to us with their hands. We appreciate that, and we are going to reward that behavior with a listener hand today. So this comes from the Ameristar in St. Louis, Missouri. The stakes are 2-3. Uh, and our correspondent writes that there were two players in this hand. Our correspondent is Hero and would consider himself to be fairly studied and a regular in the St. Louis casinos. Uh, but poker is not their main income. Villain is a player that uh, Hero has played with a few times. He's a 24 to 30 year old male that likes action, but is competent. So a competent action loving male. He opens a bit too wide pre-flop typically, but plays solid post-flop, capable of bluffs on all three streets. The assumption based on what Hero has seen is that his three bet range typically would be Jack's plus, ace queen offsuit, and all suited aces as well as some suited broadways. However, Hero was three betting the table relentlessly and uh, he had been drinking, so his range could have been wider. Sounds like, I don't know, I was, I thought I might have been playing in St. Louis or something that <laughs> was playing against me. Yeah, I think the all suited aces is a bit, people might start to notice that you're three betting a little wide, but, you know, if they don't take steps to four bet, then it might keep working out. Yeah, it's a lot of three betting, and it, it doesn't sound unreasonable, but my, my experience is that people aren't normally that constructed. And so, you know, if we're seeing frequencies that sort of dictate that range, we should expect that those hands are probably calling some of the time and that there are some hands that are just kind of random, that three bet here or there, you know, offsuit broadways, suited connectors, those sorts of things that I just think there tends to be a lot of mixing uh, and that people aren't that rigid, especially people who are drinking. Yeah, I think a lot of these two, three type games, like one, three, one, two, even some two, five, end up with a lot of limpers. And then some of the like raising limpers gets conflated with three betting and description sometimes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's true. Although, you know, I don't know if a just hands listener would make that kind of mistake. Um, uh, of course, but not. you never know. You never know. All right. So those are our descriptions and we might get a little bit more information later on. Uh, the effective stacks are $380. So 126 bigs. And hero opens the cutoff with pocket nines to $10 action folds the villain who is in a small blind and he three bets to $36. All right. 
don't think there's much to say about the open. You know, obviously you can size up sometimes, but you know, if, if $10 is the size you think is best in this game, then I'm not going to dispute it. So yeah, I think, you know, players in the small blind, there's at least some percentage of players that take a very three bet heavy approach from the small blind. Um, and I think this demographic 24 to 30 year old male uh, that is competent is fairly likely to fall into that. It is more, it's far more likely than the rest of the population to be in that category. So I think that we should expect the small blind three bets to be wider than the typical three bet. Does that sound right? Yeah, definitely. And I'd be looking to be just kind of cautious on like the queen high, jack high type boards. Cause I think those boards are going to interact with the small blind three, but versus cutoff range pretty heavily. Yeah, we should, ex- I think we should expect to see more of the king jacks, king queens, queen jacks in this three bet range than maybe if we were facing like a button call or even a button three bet. So something to be mindful of. I, I don't think, I, I'd imagine you prefer calling this three bet over folding to the three bet. <laughs> yeah, I think, I think we can call here. Um, yeah, there there are some big blind opponents that we could maybe fold against, though. Yeah, I, I think that's true. You know, having having a lot of coverage on Broadway boards can make this a difficult defend for us. But at the same time, I think uh, our implied odds are good enough, and our bluff catching capabilities are good enough that we can justify a call. Um, but yeah, it's, it's not a small three bet. I think it's a good size, $36. So, you know, if this was $50, I think we, we would fold. So I, I don't think fold is absolutely unreasonable. Um, but yeah, I, I'm, I like call. So the pot is $75 after rake, or I guess uh, not considering rake. And I don't know if there is rake uh, or if rake is paid out of the pot. But we have around $75 going to the flop. Flop comes the queen of clubs, seven of spades, deuce of diamonds. Uh, We don't have our suits, um, which on a rainbow board aren't looking like they're going to be that important. So queen of clubs, seven of spades, deuce of diamonds. All right. Now we're starting to get some conflicting information. So our correspondent writes that um, hero checked and villain bets. Now, I'm going to look through some of the rest of the hand and make sure that we don't have our positions off. But my guess is that we're just facing a bet that we didn't check, but I don't know. So, yeah, I, I, I think there's just a mistake because later in the hand, it's clear that we are in position. So uh, we did not check. Villain just bet $30 without too much thought. So 30 into 75, the bet is quick, not too much thought. You know, take that for, for what it's worth. What are you thinking? We peel in? We I, think we can, I think we can call one here. I think that, like, the pocket tens and pocket jacks of the world that will 
check at some frequency from small blind. Um, you know, I think, you know, I think he still has a lot of King Jack, Ace King, Ace Jack. It's going to be tough to win on a later street. Um, but we are getting like quite a good price and, um, yeah, I, I lean towards calling here. Um, if we think our opponent is going to barrel a lot, it, yeah, it could be, it's kind of a tough hand. Like we're not going to be able to like bluff catch with this on the river unimproved and it's very difficult to improve. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I'd call one here. Yeah, I think against opponents who are very aggressive post-flop, but have a, you know, fairly well-constructed range pre-flop that's not incredibly bluff-heavy, I think there's a case for cut bait early in hands and just continue with very strong hands, planning on mostly calling down and not doing very much calling and then folding later. But... With against this player as described, I'm, I don't think that you know I'm, I'm necessarily ready to prescribe that course of action. I think we should have some calls that maybe fold later in the later in the hand because I do think our opponent will give up at some frequency and is rather bluff heavy here. Um, I also think nines functions well as a bluff catcher because it has pretty clear, I think, turn actions. I think that it's not crazy to call twice here, you know, a lot. And, you know, the exceptions are going to be whenever an overcard comes. I think it's very easy to fold at that point. Um, and so our decisions on the turn, I think, are pretty clear. It's also nice in that we sometimes can beat hands that are betting for sort of protection, like if our opponent has a seven or a hand like pocket eights, pocket sixes. Um, and I think those will often just go ahead and check on the turn and we get to win against those hands fairly often. Uh, and we also unblock a lot of bluffs relative to having, I think even a hand like tens is a trickier call down. Jacks can be a tricky call down, although, you know, it maybe, it maybe has higher EV on the flop bet, but lower EV facing a turn barrel. And yeah, I think a hand like ace king or ace jack, is you know rates to be the best hand somewhat frequently, but it blocks a lot of bluffs. And so I think we should we should probably be folding somewhat frequently with a hand like Ace Jack, probably calling with Ace King if we have it. All right. We face 30, we call. Uh I think that's pretty standard. What was the bottom card? So the board is Queen Seven, what? Yes. Okay. Queen seven deuce rainbow. We have nines face below half pot, a you know, three bet pot. We call. So far, so good. Hero writes that he thinks it's a fairly standard call, looking for another card below a nine to call the turn on most sizings. Uh, Hero may contemplate a call on a jack or a ten, depending on sizing. It would likely fold to an ace or a king. And yeah, I, I would advocate for folding on a jack or a ten too. Uh, but I think you're on the right track. Uh, or I think this is this is basically the right way of thinking about it. Awesome. What does the turn bring? The turn is very exciting. Six of clubs. Uh, hero checks, and the villain tank bets 115. Wait. 
Are we out of position again? Sorry, no, we're still we're still in position. So we didn't check. We didn't check the flop. We didn't check the turn. We face okay. a bet of one hundred and fifteen dollars. So one hundred fifteen in a two three game into one hundred thirty five. So I think you know this sizing to me is more it's it's significant in the context of a two three game. You know, I think at higher stakes, this is not like that big of a size and not that surprising and maybe even a little bit small in a spot where like overbetting can make a lot of sense. What do you think about that? Like, is this bigger than your typical turn sizing in these kinds of games? Yeah. Yeah, definitely. But (laughs) but people often, I see a lot of people end up betting like, less than half pot on the turn, which, you know, there could be maybe some reasons for doing, but um, I think you're going to miss out on a lot of value and you also aren't getting too much fold equity from your bluffs. So going bigger can make sense a lot of the time. Yeah, 115. So how much is that setting up less than pot on the river though, right? It'll be 200 into 300 on the river, something like that. Say it again. What, what's going to be the SPR going into the river if we call? It'll be about, it'll be like 200 into 350 or something. Yes, yeah, so we started with 380. Um, okay. And so it'll be about 200 into 365. Okay. Yeah. If overbet would uh, take you kind of into the danger zone. Yeah, no, I think it's a good point. In fact, we really don't even have to bet quite this large in order to get it in. And so we're, we're setting up a somewhat manageable river sizing, or at least a villain is. So what's your, what's your intuition here? Is your intuition that this is a bluff or that this is value how polarized is this sizing i think it's pretty polarized i think it's probably me like i don't think king queen is going this sizing but i definitely don't think queen jack is going this sizing so i think it's like ace queen plus and i'd expect to see kings and aces here a lot because it unlocks our queens from the opponent then i'd also expect to see some bluffs like i think ace king might make a nice bluff from our opponent because it blocks Mm -hmm. some hands that we'll be calling down with like king queen and ace queen always i'd be looking here if i were in um hero shoes at my suits because I think that queen nine suited, well, maybe it's not so relevant, as I said, because it's, I already said that it would probably be king, queen plus for value. Um, So maybe the suits aren't so relevant. But yeah, blocking queen nine suited would be better, maybe if we were facing a smaller bet. But at this point, yeah, it's, (laughs) it's kind of like, do you expect this guy to be too aggressive? Have you seen him? triple barrel off like 
a, a bit too high of a frequency. Yeah, but I don't know. I don't I don't think folding will ever be a big mistake here. Um, but if we've yeah, if we've seen this guy bluff too much, then we can consider making a big call down. Yeah, to me, I like calling here a lot. And I think it's because our opponent has made it's not sort of a it's not a theoretical error in the sense that there's nothing wrong with this sizing and then like following through with our riverbed of like 200 into 365. But I think opponents have been conditioned not to triple barrel for those sorts of sizings. Uh, it just doesn't work very often unless it's like a very favorable card for our opponent, in which case like, you know, so be it. Uh, we have a pretty easy fold in that instance. So what, what I think is nice here is that there's there's not that many hands that actually beat us that want to choose this sizing. It could be queen-jack, but I think, it, like James says, it's much more likely to be ace-queen plus with maybe some king-queen, maybe some queen-jack, and, you know, queens, of course, but... So there are hands that beat us, but there's a lot of hands that can potentially take this line, which we are ahead of, um, have a lot of equity against. And I don't think those hands are going to follow through on the river very often. And so that, that's why I think that you can make this call. Whereas actually, if you're getting a slightly better price, but where I thought it was more likely that you were going to be bluffed on the river, then I think you would want to fold. So like 115, I like call. Um, and 115 also feels like a size that, you know, as, as a 2-3 player, I think it's a good size as a bluff because I think you get a lot of folds in a 3-bet pot and you get the information you need because you know that if you face a call, unless the board changes in your favor like a king or an ace, uh, then you're just not going to bluff the river and I think that's gonna be really effective against most players but we're not most players and we can sort of see through that and I think that that is what's happening here where our opponent probably leans a little bit bluff heavy especially considering that those bluffs don't follow through enough on the river and so I, I like the call I think nines is a good candidate I don't think blocking 9-8 is relevant. It's something, but I think it's more relevant to not have a hand like jacks or tens uh, to unblock jack x, 10x, you know, the ace tens, king tens, ace jacks, ace tens of the world. I think another reason that we should be less inclined to call for the smaller sizing is that our opponent will be less polarized there such that right. like we'll see more queen 10 and queen jack. Yeah. Um, and there's a lot of combos of, of like once you can start adding in those hands for value, um, our opponent becomes like less bluff heavy. Yeah. And I think there's a, there's also an element of just like do what your opponent wouldn't expect you to do. I think a lot of people fold nines here they call one because they feel like they should and then they fold and so i think there's 
you know, if, if you're perceived as a calling station, then I think we should fold, but it doesn't seem like Hero is perceived that way. So I, I like the call. Uh, and Hero does decide to call. Yeah. Um, and if, you, if your opponent is like a 60-year-old man, like... It's very different. Don't, don't take this advice. <laughs> yeah, probably fold the flop. Um, <laughs> Hero writes that... Oh, the other thing is like, you will sometimes just like smash a nine. So there's, a, there's also that. What is that? 5% of the time, you're very likely to win a very large pot. So that, that helps. Hero writes that, I don't like the situation at all, but I'm not considering a fold too heavily, but I have no idea what I'm going to do on a river shove on any card other than I'm. I have a good idea. You're going to fold. <laughs> I think, and I think it's a, good, it's a good way of approaching it. So the river is at three of spades, and the villain tank checks. So James, yeah. facing this check, any desire to value bet? I mean, a seven has to call, right? <laughs> no, let's let's show our hand <laughs> quickly. <laughs> yeah, you know, I I do think we have the best hand very often. Yeah, sure, but I don't. I also don't think we're getting called by eights or or ace ace jack. Ace three. Yeah, ace king. We we could do like a a big leveling like f u bet like <laughs> just try and like bet twenty and try and induce or something. Yeah, but, just bet um, like forty dollars. Try and get called by ace king or something. It's something to consider. The reason I bring it up, it's not that I think check back is bad, but Hero writes that villain tank checks and then Hero snap checked back. And, you know, snap decision making is just, it's not a great idea. I think your instincts are right that it's a check, but, you know, like I wouldn't be surprised if betting $50 is higher EV than just a... Checking back. Anyways, the other, I mean, the other nice thing about betting $50 is that like you force your opponent to just fold a lot and that's fun. <laughs> yeah, you, uh, you play for that red line. All right, um, goes check, check. Hero writes that he thinks the turn bet was a bit optimistic. Uh, or I guess we don't know what the player has yet. But Hero wrote that he thinks the turn bet was a bit optimistic unless he was trying to fold my exact hand. And if he was doing that, I think he should have shoved River. Yeah, and I, I think I'm not, you know, I, I do think there's a lot of hands that can fold the turn. Ace highs, jacks, tens, nines, eights, um, ace seven. Yeah, those seven. add up. Yeah. yeah. So. I don't, I don't, and you know, you never know, like queen 10 might just fold, queen jack might just fold. Uh, there could be like wider flop calls than you think, fives, fours. Yeah. I, I, I like actually, how the opponent played. I like how yeah. the opponent played it too. I think it makes a lot of sense. I don't really care what they had either. So we have the results. What do you think 
Villain hat. Ace Jack. Got one right. Ace six of diamonds. So turned a pair of sixes. Okay. Decided to turn it into a bluff. Yeah. I like it, actually. Yeah, I think it makes sense, too. It's a little insurance against getting turned by, like, seven, six, or a set of sixes. I think it's a, it's a nice card to have. You can, you can get yeah, a deceptive river value. We're not really beating anything, like... Like maybe Ace Jack floats the flop, but or like Ace Deuce suited, but um, yeah, I I think bluffing with the additional equity might be nicer than um, bluffing like I don't know, um, like Jack Ten where we we block some hands that we want to fold. Yeah, it's nice to not be like drawing dead to Ace Queen, which if we had Ace Jack we would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I I like I like the way both players played this hand a lot. I think it was a well played hand. I don't think a six of diamonds is like you know you have to be three betting it. Although I don't think it's a terrible three bet either. But yeah, I, I I like the way both players played the hand post flop. Nice. All right. Well, there wasn't much disagreement here, but I think it's an important spot to be able to think about well and get right. If you want more spots to examine uh, i'd highly recommend becoming a just hands patron there's a few things you get for becoming a just hands patron which i think that maybe we haven't emphasized enough we're now putting out a monthly premium podcast uh, we have an archive of premium podcasts as well from the prior years of the show that is available to all patreon subscribers and we also have a just hands membership group Um, for subscribers at a certain level or higher. Uh, And that is a Slack forum where hands are discussed, strategy questions are discussed, fun is had. Uh, It's a nice community. And so if you're looking to post about hands, get feedback from James and I and the rest of the Just Hands members or just lurk and read uh, sort of stream of hands that are being discussed and go back and look through the archives, I recommend checking out Patreon. And of course, If you're looking for something more personal, uh, James and I both offer uh, coaching, Uh, particularly James at this point. I'm having trouble fielding new clients, uh, but James is hungry for your business uh, and he's an excellent coach. So I highly recommend sending us a note. Uh, You can reach out about a coaching consultation through our website and there's a link to that and to Patreon in the show notes. Anything to add, James? I was just going to say that that Slack group really improved my game. So I'd, I'd highly recommend it to anyone who's looking to improve. Fantastic. Hope to see you guys there. And thanks again for listening. We'll see you next week. Bye, folks.